Before we get into today's episode, we want you to know, 30 for 30 podcast and the undefeated present the King of Crenshaw. This four-part series examines how Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. Here, DeMar DeRozan, Isaiah Thomas, and DeMarcus Cousins, among others, explore the realities of life as a black man in America. Nipsey's dedication to South LA and his community and how Nipsey inspired millions. The marathon continues. The King of Crenshaw, listen now on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, speaking of fantasy football, for ESPN Plus subscribers, join an ESPN Plus Fantasy Football League now for a chance to win $250,000. Sweepstakes is U.S. only, 18 or older. No purchase necessary. Visit ESPN.com slash ESPN Plus Football Rules for full details and official rules. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my guy, Ryan Clark, over there dancing to that old school funk. Listen, I don't get tired of hearing our intro music because to me, RC, it's got to be the best entrance music in all the television, podcasting, because it just kind of makes <laughs> you feel good. It feels like it's good for your soul, right? Hey, man, listen, it's a good vibe. I mean, the thing I'm most excited about, <laughs> DC, was that they actually let us pick it. They let us hear a couple of different beats, and they said, you know what? This one feels like y'all, and it feels like home every time I hear it, my guy. <laughs> you know, it was a combination of uh, of two or three different beats that came together to just make absolute magic. And what we plan to do on this show is make magic. So coming up, we're going to talk about Kayla Harrison and the way that she has dominated the PFL tournament and some of the call-outs mm-hmm. that she's putting on people. Then we're going to jump into the biggest fight of the weekend. I know it's hard to say that because it involves Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, but the whole world is going to be <laughs> yeah, watching. Yeah, it's a big fight. But more importantly, Ryan Clark, you and I are going to be on the clock because we are going to get into the most marketable, the most must-see watch fighter draft on DC and RC this weekend. And I'm telling you, some DC, of the DC, names DC, that DC, I have stored, DC. I have nothing, I have nothing written down. Nothing. DC, DC. Now I know I know you want to talk about, oh, look at me. Look at my MMA UFC knowledge. I don't have to write down the top five <laughs> fighters. But let me tell you what you don't do as well as you remember UFC history. You don't catch the football okay. as well. So last night, I'm oh, just minding my business, chilling in the house, and I see some alerts popping up on my IG. I look at this picture, and it's Daniel Cormier about maybe an inch off of the ground, jumping over somebody. I think his name is like Big Rich, Big Rob, Big Ricky, who obviously doesn't jump at all. And what I can tell from this picture, DC, is you don't actually catch this ball. But then as you have the caption, you say, just like you do to Ryan Clark, listen, big man, you have the championship belt in two division, but you ain't got no Super Bowl rings. You chose wrestling for a reason. So tell me, my guy, why are you coming at me? So, so here's the thing, RC. That seems to be the the thing to do this week, right? Just come after my dog. So I was like, I might as well get on board too, right? So I'm out here. I'm like, let me go moss this cat. I've seen Randy Moss's segment, Mossed. And now, so it's been debated that I did not catch the ball. And his name is Big Joe. He was a fantastic linebacker. Okay, he Big doesn't Joe. jump as high as he may Big have Joe. done back in the day. But as I moss <laughs> right. Big Joe... 
as I would moss you, Clark, people are starting to say, well, DC, wow. did you catch the ball? Eh, oh. Glenn Jacobs did kind of tell you exactly what I was doing. It was a tip drill. So whereas I may not have caught it the first time, <laughs> roll the extra okay, steals. Okay, so right? what happened? The ball gets popped up in the air. Right? The ball gets popped up in the air, RC. Right. Now go to the next one. Look at I the eyes on DC. That's called awareness, field awareness. And then look at him turn and catch it. Now I've got right. my foot training because I'm I'm spinning. I'm spinning back to the opposite direction off you, Clark. You have to, I'm spinning okay. off of you as I catch the ball DC. as I go into the end zone. Look, man. <laughs> DC. Ryan, no, you got to no. get DC. it, dog. DC. What's DC. That? DC. What? I've watched you slam what? Dan Henderson. I've seen you beat Stipe Miocic. I've seen you do some amazing things in the octagon, DC. I'm going to tell you like this. If you tip that ball in the air like that, and then you're looking up with your left eye on it, with your right foot planted, that might be the last time you ever plant a right foot in your life. Hey, bro, if we're going to talk about wrestling, you hit me right. we're going to talk about putting on the gloves, I give it to you at no, all points. You don't get taken out of there. It's you, over, see it, you see it, it is out of there. I am running through you, DC. All due respect, my man. When we are on this show and it is about the UFC, you have the right away. But when we talking about football... If you tip a ball in the air, that's going to be the last one you tip today. I'm I'm not. I'm trying to hit you with that spin move. No. I figured I would hit Ryan with a stop route and then hit him with a double move. I'm hitting him with a double move, right, to get into the end zone on this dude. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to the Pro Bowl. Then I'm going to the Pro. It's all I dream about. But, Ryan, listen, that would be the first. Wait, no, 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 listen. That would be the first time that I have really mossed a guy that played in a Super Bowl. But there was another first last weekend as the Clark parents were introduced to mixed martial arts. Ryan, tell me how much did your mom love watching the fights last weekend from the Apex? Uh, Love would be a very strong adjective (laughs) to describe my mother's emotions. Every time, every time someone dropped, every time someone was kicked, anytime someone was on the ground and mounted, my mother turned her head away and was, I just can't watch it. I just can't watch it. But like most mothers, she was very excited to see my new friend work. And I was like, yeah, mom, that's DC. That's who I do the show with. And she was like, oh, he's really good. Look at his jacket. I was like, mom, we're not worried about DC's jacket. Like, dude is a fighter. She was all excited to meet my new friends, but she doesn't necessarily love the new job but my dad was all the way into it my dad was saying things like hey how is this dude gonna fight and how is he gonna be in the ring when he can't fight when all he can do is wrestle i was like pops it's mixed martial arts but it was cool i had to take a picture from my parents house it's so crazy it's actually the house i grew up in we tried to get them to move they didn't want to move you know how people from the west bank are bro but it was exciting to go sit with my parents have an opportunity to watch watch you work bro have an opportunity to introduce my mom to what we do now you know what the crazy thing was about the fights last weekend is i wore a different suit one that i haven't worn on tv first uh for a first time and i get a text from dana white he was like conor mcgregor bullying you made a made you wear a new suit he was like the conor make you buy a new suit dog it was absolutely ridiculous in the middle of the show getting a text from the boss telling me that conor is bullying has made me buy new clothes it's absolutely ridiculous. It was something I had before, and then it was uh, it was time to switch it up a little bit, as they say. But ultimately, on Saturday night, RC, the fights was about Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum, and it absolutely delivered. It was a great fight from start to finish. Mm, the whole fight night, 
was fantastic. But as we leave that it fight, was. as we leave the apex, you look at a Jared Cannonier, a guy who was ranked number three in the world, uh, was in a number one contenders fight last time, beats another top guy. What does you what do you expect him to do? Because I asked Jared in the middle of the octagon, I'm like, hey man, the champ has been saying he wants to fight you, right? You know that Whitaker and, and Adesanya are fighting again. Do you want to try to wait, maybe weigh in as an alternate, or do you want to fight again? Dude sits up there and goes, well, I'm broke, so I need a fight. But at times, you have to value prestige in the division over financial. So when you look at Jared Cannonier in this situation, what do you think that he should do? Do you think that Jared should continue to fight? Maybe fight the winner of next week's fight between Till and Brunson? Or just wait to see if he gets an opportunity and injury happens or something between Edesanya versus Whitaker. I mean, I think it's all about planning, DC. It's about can Jared Cannonier get a fight early enough before the 2022 meeting of the champion and Robert Whitaker to maybe be prepared and ready to be a guy that could step into that fight. We've talked about money on this show probably more than I've talked about money on any NFL show, even throughout free agency, whether it's a lack of money, whether it's making decisions because the money is right. And that seems like where Jared Cannonier is. Let's think about this dude, bro. He starts out in heavyweight, right? He moves down to 205, naturally starts working and works his way into this powerful, huge 185 pounder who gets the contender fight and loses to Robert Whitaker. Now, there is no shame in that. But this is a dude saying he doesn't have any money, that he got houses in Alaska. He has fees to pay and all these different things. He seems like he's trying to get back in the octagon right now. So if I'm him, I look at the Brunson and the Till fight, and if, if none of the, if those guys win quick, right, if it's a quick KO, if it's a quick submission, I try to press the UFC to give me that fight right away to set myself up to be there for the Izzy and Whitaker winner or to be able to step in if one of those guys has to pull out. So for me, it's it's a little bit different, right, RC? So I I, I love what you're saying, but I, I my opinion varies a, a little bit because here's what I think. I think that they fight next week, Brunson and Till, but I don't think that they fight right away. I think they wait. I think hmm. they wait and they fight along the same timeline as the champion versus hmm. the former champion, Robert Whitaker. I got because you. if you have a championship fight scheduled, and then in the co-main event, if it's not a two-title fight card, you have Cannoneer versus Till slash Brunson. Now you have not only two big fights in the middleweight division, you keep both of those matchups uh, in line with each other. So at the end of the fight night, you have your next title already done. But not only does that come into to play, you also have a reserve in case one of the guys get hurt. Mm. We both know after watching the heavyweight title fight, an interim championship can pop up just about out of anywhere, right? So if right, the champ right. Adesanya gets hurt, maybe one of these guys fights Robert Whitaker for an interim title. But if all goes according to plan, mm -hmm. now you have the champ, whoever comes out of that fight, fight the winner okay. of Cannoneer versus Brunson slash Till in the next championship fight. So I think the timeline needs to stay along the same course right, so but that DC, you have all those so things that can play into, into effect with each other. Right, DC. But so if, if you're Jared Cannonier, to me, you have to take the winner of Brunson and Till. Because from what you're saying, if that timeline lays out, right, if you get the Cannonier, Till, or Cannonier, 
Brunson fight around the same time you get Whitaker Izzy for a dude who's saying that he needs money he can't wait that long you can't listen if if was the fifth we'd all be drunk and so he can't just be sitting around waiting for someone to not be able to fight or waiting for an opportunity to get one of those top dudes and pass over a fight that could get him money pass over a fight that could solidify him as the number one contender out after the Izzy Whitaker winner is, is declared and so to me this is a no-brainer for Jared Cannonier. you can't wait you can't wait. Go out once again and show that you belong. And if you believe in your skills the same way I know guys like you did or any other cop, top contender does, you think you're going to win the fight anyway. Win the fight, make the money, build the championship fight up even more because now you're 100% solidified and go get the money that maybe you can raise the stakes of that championship fight. That's exactly what Robert Whitaker did, right? When he lost the title fight, mm. he went and fought Darren Till and then he fought... Jared Cannonier yep. put himself right back into title contention. Cannonier has that opportunity himself, mm -hmm. right? Cannonier is fighting against Kelvin Gaslam, and then he can fight right. against uh, the winner of that fight next week. There's also guys out there, right? Marvin Vittori. There's also uh, Paulo Costa. Mm -hmm. There are many matchups that he could take in order to further his title uh, contendership, mm -hmm. but. I think this one works the absolute best. It's an interesting time for the middleweight divisional. Right. Because now you got a whole bunch of guys jumbled along the top uh, that could uh, potentially challenge the champion. DC, Israel I have Adesanya. one question for you. I have a big, I have a mm -hmm. big fighter question for you though. Is there a fear mm -hmm. if you, if you're taking the the Till Brunson winner or you're fighting against Costa Vittori that you could lose that that losing that fight in the same way and losing to Robert Whitaker puts you out of contention or at least didn't have you with that next step to fight for the championship. If I'm a Jared Cannonier, should I be worried about that and saying, yeah, even though the money is good and the money is needed, I'd rather wait on that championship bout because it's more eyes, more money, and an opportunity to be even richer than I've ever been if I win. You know, the thing about Jared Cannonier is that he's not afraid, right? And people are just kind of wired mm -hmm. differently. Like in football, Ryan, you guys rush out to a, a, a you're, you're, you're eight and seven. You know you got to go to 9-7 and seven to make the mm -hmm. playoffs. There's no option right. to not play that team that might be 10-5. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to go play them. And I think that's okay. the same thing with fighters, right? We got to go and just fight the fight. And Jared Cannonier isn't really worried about his position because even in losing to Robert Whitaker, his stock rose. He broke his arm. He broke his okay. arm, a, a bad right. injury, and was able to go five rounds with the former champion and be competitive mm -hmm. in a lot of spots. So that one win over Kelvin Gaslam still elevates uh, Jared Cannonier to a position where he could challenge for a title. But Darren Till has a great uh, mouthpiece, right? Guy loves to talk. Derek Brunson's on the best right. role of his entire career. So if he wins one more over one of those guys, it truly would catapult him into a legit title shot challenger against Edesanya. And what a visual it would be to see the beast that is Jared Cannonier fighting the tall, man. lanky athlete that is Israel Adesanya, man. It would be fantastic to see those guys mixed up in the octagon. You know, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, 
you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, Ryan Clark, I'm done, right? Keeps.com can't help me. You know, I'm, I'm a lost cause, RC. I mean, look at that. The whole, the, the roof, hey, the sunroof is completely open on the boy DC, and it's just going down the backside. But a person that's not losing in any facet, right? Losing hair, losing mm-hmm. fights, losing money, being broke is Kayla Harrison, dog. Kayla Harrison is smashing everybody. What do you make of Kayla Harrison when you see her two-time Olympic champion in the octagon? It's it's dominance, DC. And and, and it's dominance (laughs) in in a way that we probably haven't seen, even more so than than what Ronda was, but also the charisma, right? The the, the post-fight interviews and the the, the right type of call-outs and making sure that whether it's Cyborg, Izzy Adesanya, whoever it is, she's making it a point to put her name along the side of what are really greats in the sport, in the the sport of fighting. And when you watch her go out, get someone to the ground, you know it's over. Once they're on the ground, you know there's no moving, there's no maneuvering, and there's no way to... I'm I'm watching this fight and I'm like, stop it. And not necessarily because she was dishing out so much punishment. It's because you knew it was over. You knew it was over 30 seconds before it was stopped. It was just a formality to see if, 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 if her opponent could wiggle out, move a hand, turn over, and get out, of, get out of the way. But now, let's ask the real question, no DC, because this is, she's undefeated, right? She's, she's, she's an Olympian, right? A judo master. She, she's figured out ways to absolutely dominate inside the octagon. Who is the woman for her? Who stands across the octagon from Kayla Harrison and makes her scared, makes her back down, or who can dominate her? Is she the best female fighter in the world? Ryan, my friend, I am here to tell you, nobody, nobody, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole. This is not me putting on. I'm a UFC guy. I see the GOAT, Amanda Nunes, all the time, but I'm telling you right now, there is no one like Kayla Harrison. Nobody has what she has. So DC. Because when you get when listen, Ryan, listen, Ryan, you when you can dominate in the way that she is, I understand she is not fighting the cream of the crop, but there has been no mishaps. She's undefeated. She is dominating. She has gone down to 45. And then Invicta, when they allowed her to elbow people, when they allowed her to elbow. It was even worse. It was it was brutal the way that she dominated the fight. And then when you get on the, the mic afterward, you say, hey, I just beat a girl from Israel Adesanya's team. So what I'm going to say next mm-hmm. is Israel Adesanya couldn't stop my takedowns. She just does it right. Yeah, Every now she's single a genius. Time, she's she a genius. She hits the marks. She hits the, she hits the marks. And she has the fight ability to back it up. And I'm telling you right now, as I look into my camera, whether it's Chris Cyborg, whether it's Amanda Nunes, I don't know who in the mm-hmm. world can beat Kayla Harrison right DC, now. I am not DC, confident I have a real question for you. losing to anyone. Don't ask me. Go ahead. Uh, this is a real question for you, DC. This is a real question. 
Why do you hate Amanda Nunes? No, I mean, no, no. When you, when it was Juliana, said, when hey, it was Juliana Pena, hey, dude, you were saying no, that she no, was going to no, beat Amanda no, Nunes. Hey, now no, all of a sudden, I see what Kayla you're Harrison here. is going to no, beat Amanda no, Nunes. I see what you're I'm doing. just trying to ask. No, like, I never said, Why don't hey, you like no, Amanda Nunes? No, what does she do to you? I love Amanda Nunes. No, I love Amanda Nunes. Do you really? I absolutely love Amanda Nunes. I absolutely do you. I absolutely love Amanda Nunes. I love Nina Nunes. I think they're fantastic. I think what Amanda has done for the sport just because is you keep repeating it doesn't make it so. No, I am telling you, it is the truth. I love Amanda. The reality is, I'm talking about a person that I've never seen anything like it. And hey, we've never seen Amanda no before. We've never seen a fighter quite like Amanda, but we have seen right. Amanda get beat. Nobody has even come close to challenging Kayla Harrison. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's one person that could fight Kayla Harrison, obviously it is the greatest female fighter of all time, Amanda Nunes. She's 21 and four. She's got a reach advantage. She's 112 in the row. Kayla's 111. Kayla's a couple years younger. I just don't know how you handle the physicality and the pressure that Kayla Harrison brings. And I think at some point we will get to see that. We will get to see this fight at 145 pounds because we have seen Kayla Harrison make the weight before. It's fantastic. And I believe I think that the, when they get locked and into then, the octagon, then, the biggest fight in female fight history. Biggest fight in history. Absolutely. No questions asked. It, it, it's the fight It's the fight we need to meet, DC. It, we, we need to see Kayla Harrison. We need to see Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes was, was at the fight uh, last weekend, and, and we got an opportunity to see Kayla Harrison talk to Cyborg. But this is the one thing, this is the one thing that, that sticks out in my mind to me about Amanda Nunes. There has been many great female fighter that, fighters that have stepped into the octagon with her, whether it be Rousey, Cyborg, uh, Holly Holmes, Shevchenko, and these are all people that are and all women that I've watched walk this to the octagon, and I was very confident that they could be competitive. But obviously, Shevchenko has probably been, obviously, has been the most competitive against Amanda Nunes. But when she's fighting Cyborg and she comes out and she's toe to toe, she's eye to eye, she's not blinking, she's throwing heavy punches, putting herself in harm's way to absorb heavy punches, and it's not even a fight. There, it, it was a physical dominance that I had never seen over someone that I felt couldn't be physically dominated amongst her peers. And so to just sit here and unequivocally say to not even like squinch your face, not even give it thought. And I know we had a production (laughs) meeting, but I thought while you were out faking moss catches and acting like you were catching the ball over Big Rob or whatever, that you would actually come to your senses. Or, you know, I mean, the sun is so close to your brain, DC. I figure, like, it'll warm it up and you can understand you are talking about the lioness, bro. A man, a man she, you acted like she don't have right. a chance, DC. So we just shouldn't watch the no, fight. No, Ryan, I'm not if saying she fights no. Kayla Harrison. We I'm just shouldn't saying, watch it. No, I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying that she is not going to have a chance. What I'm saying is, and this this will upset somebody else. I don't know if you upset Kayla me? Harrison I'm and upset. Valentina should. I don't know. I don't know if Kayla Harrison fights Valentina Shevchenko if it's that close because she's so big. I don't know, for as good as Valentina is, the size difference is so massive. I don't know if Valentina can compete with Kayla in the way that she competes with the the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Amanda Nunes. Love Amanda. Guys, don't let this dude come in here. DC. Don't let this dude come in here. No, you don't. You don't don't love Amanda. I don't like Amanda Nunes. I'm not stirring the pot. I love Amanda Nunes. All I'm saying is, 
it's a very difficult matchup because of physical ability and the grappling that Kayla Harrison possesses. A lot of the issues, Ryan, and this is why Amanda's been mm-hmm. so dominant. She's fantastic. She is as good as they come, yes. but she is so well-rounded. She can do it all. So when mm-hmm. you fight a Jermaine Durandamy, who's a great striker, you right. just take her down every single round. Right? To, when you fight a Ronda Rousey, mm-hmm. who's a great grappler, you stand and beat her up on the feet. Straight to stand right? up. She just has mm-hmm. all the skills, so then all of her opponents can't match that. So she makes them fight in mm-hmm. that in that that area. Kayla has all those right. same skills, but she's a bigger fighter. And younger. They say a lot of times in rematches and in fights, the bigger, younger athlete will get the job done in most cases. And I think that would be the case if Kayla and Amanda fought. I'm not picking. I'm not picking. I'm just saying it's very difficult. I almost picked there. God damn well, it, I almost picked. You see, it's you. It's you, Ryan. It's you. You do this here's, to me. Well, here's, you well, DC, almost made me pick a fight DC, I don't like to pick. DC, well, here's what I'm going to say. Just as Connor made you change your suit, I made you change your conversation and your argument. We went from Amanda to Valentina because you know that the lioness <laughs> is going to see you and you may not be as strong hey, dog, as Kayla dog. is and you might be a little scared. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm just like trying not. You got me out here almost disrespecting the greatest fighter of all time. I don't want to disrespect. I don't want to disrespect the greatest DC, female DC. fighter of all time. Clearly. <laughs> What? All right, all right, so now, so so we've got an opportunity to talk about a, a magical fight that we may get in the future and a matchup that we would all love to see. But do you know what people are going to be looking forward to seeing this weekend? And I almost cannot believe I'm saying that the biggest fight of the weekend is Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. What do you make yep. of the fight game? What do you make of the way that Jake Paul has truly, truly manipulated, uh, has truly, truly worked and created a space for himself where he makes money like this. But now this is the first time, you know, the the Ben Askrens and, and the Nate Washingtons, these aren't guys who could really put him to sleep. He's in the he's going to be in the ring now with someone with skill, with someone with power. How do you see this weekend playing out? I got to tell you, RC, um, I'm excited. I've watched it. I watched him fight Ben Askren, partly because Ben was a teammate of mine and I wanted to see what would happen. But I watched him fight Nate Robinson, too. I watched him fight Nate. Nate Robinson, I'm sorry. I said Washington, yeah. Yeah. I watched him fight Nate because it's funny. And we all tune in. That's why, Ryan, when they're doing this stupid challenge on TikTok right now where people are trying to walk across crates, big, fat people walking across crates, and they just fall down every time. We, we watch train wrecks. We constantly watch train wrecks because you can't turn away from it. So I watch Jake Paul every single time he fights. But here's the thing. It's time for people to start taking Jake Paul seriously. I know that him and I had our run, run-ins and everything, and I'll never be okay with the kid. That's just not, that's not my cup of tea. But the reality is you got to take this kid serious because when you're fighting guys – like Ben, who's an amateur boxer, like Nate Robinson, who's mm-hmm. an amateur boxer. Those guys are amateurs mm-hmm. and true amateurs. Jake Paul is a rich person that is fighting amateurs, but getting trained by the absolute best trainers in the world. His skills are developing at a rate that is unmatched by these young guys. Now, Tyron Woodley, on the other hand, he's got a real boxing coach. He's got money. He's got 
He's mm-hmm. got skills and ability, and he's got a championship pedigree that will make him the first true challenge that Jake Paul has seen inside the ring. But guys, it's time to stop allowing this kid to trick you. He is not just a YouTube kid anymore. He's not just a Disney kid. He's a fighter because he's prepping to fight full time. But he's going to have his hands full this weekend because T. Wood is no joke. T. Wood is nasty. T. Wood is powerful. He's tough. And he has got a killer right hand that if he lands, he's going to knock Jake Paul out. DC, this would be... This is is my question. Obviously, when we looked at Ben Askren, I know you mentioned, uh, and everybody knows now that that's a teammate of yours. You know, and we've seen Ben mm-hmm. inside the octagon. We actually saw him dominate for a very long time until he had to, you know, he met Street Jesus, and you know, as some people have, have has <laughs> called him, and it was the quick, it was the quick flying knee. But is Tyron Woodley representing the UFC? Is he representing MMA? Is this this a guy that? Once Jake Paul fights him, we're really going to have an opportunity to look at Jake Paul and say, you know what? We should respect him. Or Jake Paul is on his way to being a legitimate fighter. But now he's fighting against a dude who people don't respect. He's fighting a dude who people feel like doesn't deserve the opportunity to be inside the ring with someone like him. If Jake Paul beats Tyron Woodley, what does that mean for Tyron Woodley? What does that mean for the sport of MMA? And ultimately, what does it mean for Jake Paul? I got to be honest with you. He's absolutely representing mixed martial arts. Every single time Jake Paul is in the ring with a fighter or a former fighter, whether they want it or not, they are carrying the entire sport of mixed martial arts on their shoulders. Because the vast majority of people, not just mixed martial arts fans, people hope that you beat Jake Paul and put him back in his place. But the reality Mm. is the mixed martial arts fans the masses, the people that have watched your entire career, the people that have seen you sleep Robbie Lawler, sleep Koss, sleep Jay Heron, sleep all those guys that you've slept over the course of your career. They are hoping Mm -hmm. that you go and do the same thing against this kid that honestly is just a disruptor. He disrupts everything, right? He goes to the fights and he has the crowd yelling expletives at him. Uh, and he loves it. He's just basking right. in it. He's the guy that goes and, 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 and annoys me to the point that I walk up to him. He goes places to agitate people. So every time mm-hmm. he gets to beat a mixed martial artist, now especially one that has worn a title, it's going to allow for him mm-hmm. to take his character to the next level. But again, it is a character. Make no mistake about it. But this kid is truly learning to fight. So if you're going to go in there with Jake Paul, you better be completely serious Because the dude's trying to win. And Tyron Woodley, I feel, is as locked in, or as you say, RC, he has tapped in, dude's tapped in to boxing, and he's as prepared as he's ever been for a long time for this fight this weekend. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm absolutely locked in, and I'm locked in for for, for many of the reasons you mentioned, but most of all, I want to see what's real. I want to see if Tyron Woodley is approaching this in a way where he's like, you know what? I understand what's on the line for me. And I want to make sure or I want to see that Jake Paul knows and understands that his life could be on the line stepping in the the ring with someone like Tyron Woodley. Thank you all for listening to this episode of DC and RC. You can catch part two tomorrow as RC and I draft UFC's most must-see fighters of all time.